Good to have you back here on a Thursday afternoon. Two and a half with you here as we get going on the program. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. It's going to be a fun day today, Adrian. We're going to talk a little UTEP hoops at four, and then we'll do it again at five. Sounds like a, 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 a normal day here on Sports Talk, right? Uh, just another day in the uh, life, that's right. Coach, pull that microphone a little close to you. There we go. We've got uh, Coach Joe Golding with us here, and uh, it has been a, uh, a whirlwind last month or so for you. And It's funny, we, we brought you in really to talk about the season ticket special because I thought this was really cool when we heard the news today that $91.50 will get you a season ticket cheaper than anything I've ever heard at UTEP and trying to make it as affordable as possible for fans to come in and go watch you play. Yeah, I'm really excited about that, Steve. You and I have uh, obviously had a lot of talks about that the last three months since you wrote the article and kind of discovered uh, the ticket prices and right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, that was the route we went last year. And um, just real excited. I, I'm just so thankful to Jim Center uh, and then his staff with Charlie Thrash and all those guys that in the ticket office and, and the fundraising uh, arm of, of our uh, department for getting creative uh, and finding a way to, to make a, a price uh, available um, to, to the to our fans uh, that we can uh, that we can pack the dawn. That's been the the you know from day one we want butts in the seats and I thought our crowds grew as the year went on. But season two we'd like to continue to grow that and I love the idea. They came to me about the nine one five campaign and rallying the community and getting the community uh, back involved in UTEP athletics, not just basketball but football and volleyball, every sport. Uh, I love the idea and then when they came to me with the ticket price, uh, I was just thrilled with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean now you you essentially have a, a price where you know get it for under hundred bucks and let's be honest. Nowadays, there are, you can't find a lot of things for under $100. Hey, man, we call this the 915 cap special, man, huh? No, nah, the 915 campaign is, I like is, is good enough. Don't you like that, Adrian? No. I like that. I mean, no, we got to throw you a bone no, everywhere. I mean, you never I get any need... credit, man, huh? No, I don't I mean, Everybody's I... always on your butt around I'm here, man. Not you never get to do anything right. I know, I know. It's, listen, it's This okay. is a good call. You and Adrian coach. have as many friends as I do, man, huh? A year ago, I, I got more friends this year, maybe. You uh, have more friends than we do, trust yeah. me. You, you do. You're making, you're, making more, you're making more friends <laughs> than we We won are. 20 games. Now, if we don't win 20 next year, they'll come after me, I'm sure. That's right. They'll all start joining our bandwagon and leave you. That's exactly right. But one other thing that UTEP did was they also, in the next Next, I think the next price level was like 180. Uh, I have to double check the, the cost, but they added seats into that range. What they're trying to do is make as many affordable season tickets as possible. And let's be honest, part of the problem is sometimes people wait until single game, and that's yeah. when they have their issues. So now the idea is get out in front, buy your season tickets, even if you got to pay them off and three or four monthly payments, whatever, you're done, you're locked in, and then you don't have to worry come game time about having a hard time with single seats. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously that's the plan. And you're going to see the 915 campaign all throughout the year, including opening night, I think, at the North Texas football game. They're going to make a big push with it. And uh, for us, it's just affordable seats. You know, we want butts in the seats, Steve. We want kids there. Uh, we want uh, minor fans. We want all minor fans to have the ability to come to the game. And we, we do not want it to depend on uh, single game tickets. Uh, you know, when you're building a program and you want to compete for championships. The home court advantage is huge. Uh, we obviously didn't play as well at home um, as, as we wanted to this year. That was a big concern. And uh, But the, a big part of winning at home is having really good players. And the second part of that is having a great fan base. And we have an incredible fan base, but I think now uh, the tickets are priced where we, we take some excuses away from people and, and hopefully we can get butts back in the seats and pack the dawn. What's an average home schedule in terms of number of Yeah, games? you know, we're navigating that right now. Uh, I, I don't know what's official or not, but uh, I guess I can say this. Uh, you know, um, 
Well, you don't have to tell me who you're well, playing. Well, well, how many said, games well, you're well, playing. Well, Conference USA is different now, so so we've lost teams. We're losing those three teams to the Sun Belt. Whenever that comes official, when June 1st, I think. Yeah. Southern Miss, least. Marshall. So we're, we're left with 11 teams, and right. we're going to play a 20-game schedule next year, so there will be no divi- divisions. It will be everybody plays everybody twice. So it'll be like the I Big like 12. That. I love it. Uh, yes. And, and so – you know, that's, uh, what, 10 home games through conference, but that only allows us 11 non-conference games now if we wanted to play the exempt tournaments to get to 31. So out of those 11, we would love to play at least seven at home, you know, and uh, that, that's the goal. That's the objective. We could get to eight even better. So we're getting creative right now. We're trying to look at some things around Thanksgiving for possibly hosting our own exempt tournament. Um, we obviously have the big game to open up at Texas um, and, uh, again, navigating. But in a perfect world, you get to 17 or 18 home games. Let's just say 17, Okay. That means that every ticket is five dollars and thirty eight cents a game. That's your price. Yep. I mean, that's a that's a it's a five it's a it's a, 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 a five dollar <sighs> ticket price, which is what it's all about. So that to me, when you do the math, is really listen. Some fans have, have said that tickets are, are fortune. They have a hard time with it. You get it. This is the this is the way around it. Now you've priced it to where you basically can go watch UTEP for less than a movie or pretty much anything else you're going to be doing around, which is what what you need to do. Absolutely. You know, and again, a, a credit to our athletic department for for getting creative and, and finding ways to do it. Credit to you uh, for bringing it to, to the attention. Credit to our fans. And, and again, if we do this, though, we have to follow up. We got to get butts in the seats. And, and uh, you know, that's the objective. And if we continue to put a winning product on the floor, um, continue to pack the dawn, um, I think we can keep the ticket prices priced like that. So I'd love to take credit for this, but one of my listeners one day <laughs> were on the air and talked about how expensive it is to go watch a UTEP game. And I said, what are you, crazy? And I looked, that's when I started looking on the web and I started realizing, oh my God, he's right. And when I saw the ticket prices, my eyes jumped out of my head. I couldn't believe it because we've never really investigated to the point where we've seen that. Mm-hmm. So he mentioned it, brought it to our attention, and sure enough, he was right. We saw it. Now, look at what it ultimately is leading to. And, and I thought, and I thought season, our athletic yeah. department did a great job down the stretch mm-hmm. last year. With I, the, I think it was the was it UAB or the North Texas game. We, we did a special, yeah. um, and obviously the crowds grew on that, and then we were obviously were doing some specials for the uh, postseason tournament. So uh, again, excited, um, thrilled about it, and uh, again, I, ca- I can't wait to get back in there. Now, you mentioned uh, 31 games, 20 league games, which is good. Um, are you planning on playing an exempt tournament uh, for next yeah, season? Yeah, we're looking at it. Again, we're looking at options whether we go somewhere um, and, and travel to play in an exempt tournament or, or do we host an exempt tournament. And so we're trying to work both uh, right now. Uh, putting together an exempt tournament to host is is very difficult uh, because you can get two two teams or three teams to agree, but get to get the fourth uh, to agree yes. uh, gets difficult and getting contracts done. So we've been navigating that since the end of the season. Men's basketball is the worst scheduling uh, of any sport out there. You know, everybody, especially now with the portal. So now everybody waits even longer because everybody, nobody knows who 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 has who or, or what a team's going to look like. And so uh, everybody's navigating the scheduling waters right now as we speak. And, and you know, hopefully in the next month or so we can nail it down. West Star Bank Don Haskins Sumble Invitation. That's two more games there too. So yeah. really, if you think about it, that's twenty-two now. And then you New just, Mexico State. Yep, you know, yep, obviously right. every year you get New Mexico State. Um, yeah, so suddenly you're down to uh, you're, you're down to like seven, right, and that's you know. and then and possibly more with the uh, with the exe- with the tournament. But uh, you're not going to have maybe there won't be as many games uh, that that fans are used to because of the schedule with the league, which again I think is I think is great. Yeah. It, it, I guess in the past you've been able to play 13, uh, you know, and so it's taken away two non-conference games from your schedule. We will play a conference game early. We haven't decided yet. We have our conference meetings coming up here in a week, uh, a week or two here in Destin, and, and so I think we'll get more official uh, okay. data of when. Uh, but we will we will play uh, we will play a game a little earlier probably uh, in conference play to be able to fit the games in um, than, than people uh, are used to. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. It's a true champion. It's the way it should be. You know, you should play everybody at home and everybody on the road, and, and then you have a true champion. The seedings and in, uh, in, in the conference tournament will be legit. 
in my opinion. So yeah. uh, I'm excited about it. So the t- so right. So the way the conference tournament will be, everybody will be seated based on order of finish throughout the entire league without divisions. Yeah, absolutely. And the frustrating thing with division, like look at us last year, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and sometimes I am, but uh, more than not I am, but if, if we finished fourth last year, but I think our overall conference record was fifth best of anybody. Yeah. And then we're playing the hardest division, which was by far our division. We played everybody twice where those guys are playing each other, you know, so now let's forget all that, man. Let's let's play home and away. Let's, let's play everybody, and let's have a true champion. Good. Uh, the team itself seems to be that uh, you're almost done. You've almost put this whole thing together, which is great considering three, four weeks ago you had about eight or nine spots to fill, and now all of a sudden the roster looks like it's uh, taking shape for you. Yeah, extremely excited about our roster. Fired up. Uh, a credit to our staff; they've done a ton of work, and credit to the city of El Paso. Our visits have been incredible. Um, we've had uh, we've had great success with the guys that we've brought to campus uh, to get. Uh, our staff's been hard at work. It's it's been an interesting time with the portal and, and our roster and. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of things. Uh, I'll, I'll be uh, there. There was one surprise uh, with with where our roster went after the season. Uh, everything else kind of went as I thought would would, would go as planned, um, and then we went to work. You know, and obviously we've had all year to to be prepared for this. Uh, but I'm excited about it. You know, I caught up with you a week or two ago, and you were talking about all the minor fans out there going crazy because of uh, you know, are we signing anybody or what we are getting done? And I told you, yeah, absolutely, we're going to be fine. You know, and uh, I hope all of our minor fans will just relax a little bit, take a deep breath. We're going to have a great team next year. I'm excited about this team. Uh, I think we've built this team the right way. Uh, I like uh, I like the way we've built it. Uh, it's going to be a tough team, a team that defends, a team that can rebound well. we got some depth uh, this year with some teams. we got some maturity. We're going to be old. Uh, we're going to have a veteran team. Um, and just, uh, again, uh, athletic. I think we'll have some versatility to this team. So, again, very excited about the, uh, the roster we've put together. Do you feel like this <laughs> roster embodies your personality as a head coach? And uh, Take your time on that. Sorry, yeah. i got to cough every time I come in here. I know you're allergic uh, to the radio station, here, uh, Adrian. What's going on here? What's yeah? What's I, the don't, deal? I don't know. I, hey, I is, put the, is, in the, water uh, is the is the air filter working? Let me check. <laughs> check yeah, the air filters. Yeah, the air filters. Yeah, air filters, air filters right below you, and it's working. <laughs> it's, it's, clean the carpets in here? it's working that, overtime. You know what? You actually bring up a great point. These carpets have never been cleaned. <laughs> I didn't want to know the last time these carpets were cleaned or steam cleaned or anything Maybe like that. Maybe the next time Steve goes to Lowe's, he can get some carpet cleaner, man. That's a good idea. That's that. It's not better. Yes, it might happen sooner than later. Yes, absolutely. It's my type of team, and again, we've said this. You and I have talked a lot about this, and, and I'll talk openly, continue to do it. Uh, I'm not caught up in five stars, four stars, three stars. I'm not caught up in a guy leaving Kentucky or Indiana or UCLA. I, I'm, I'm caught into guys that want to win. I'm caught into to, to, to winners. I'm caught into tough guys that play the game the right way, that play for each other. Um, you know, when you look at our teams at Abilene Christian, we built those teams with four or five guys in double figures. We, we built those guys uh, with, with a, uh, a very good defensive team. I think this team that we've built has got a chance to be really special defensively. Now, you got to get it together. The, the risk in this is 10 new guys. And, um, Getting them together this summer will be very important for us in the time that we have this summer. Um, you know, because time is our biggest enemy. Uh, every every minute, every hour of every day is going to be important that we bond, that we build relationships, and that we put our team together. But yes, no question, I think it's been built more like our Abilene Christian teams, and uh, I'm excited about that. We've interviewed almost all of them, and what impresses us with Adrian and I, we've talked about this a lot on the air. They're all mature, very well spoken. They all seem like they have a chip on their shoulder, too, which I like. I like guys that are coming in hungry, and it seems like everybody we were speaking, we're talking to right now has that chip on their shoulder. Yeah, absolutely. I love the chip. You know, and I love recruiting guys with chip on the shoulder. I have a chip on my shoulder. I wouldn't be where I was today if, if I didn't have that chip. Um, so I love recruiting guys like that. I think they feel like they have something to prove. Uh, and... Um, it's just my, my, my guy. We, we say, you know, we, we get it from the mud. You know, we get it from nothing. And uh, these are the type of guys that we're recruiting and bringing here to UTEP, and I'm fired up to coach them. You ready to read the tweets? They're coming in. You ready for this? 
You know, I don't live my life on Twitter, man, so my we son, do. My son we keeps do. me updated. All right, here we go. From time um, to time. All right, uh, so here we go. First on recruiting, Ed McDonald at Minor, Eddie Mack. Great job, Coach, and your staff. Is, uh, is it safe to say that the last scholarship position is going to go to a true center? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know uh, what we're going to do with that last scholarship. Uh, I like where we're at uh, at the five. You know, uh, Z's probably had as good a spring as anybody that I've been around in a program in the last five years, and we've developed some really good players at Abilene Christian. But Z's made a big jump uh, in the last two months uh, since the season has been over. So really proud of where he's going and developing, and we think he has a chance to be special. Kevin is getting better and better as well. Uh, he's a freshman that played a ton for us the first twenty games of the season. Didn't play as much, but got a ton of experience. He plays hard. He defends. He rebounds. He's getting in shape. He's running the floor. And he's becoming more skilled around the basket and figuring out what he does really well. Uh, and then we obviously we hired Derek Hamilton, who's 6'10", 290. We've got to get some weight off of him. He looks great. He's already down. Uh, I think he's lost 15 pounds from the last picture he sent me. He's working hard. Um, and, uh, again, we've got to get some weight off him. He's a Juco guy. You never know when it will go. Uh, you know when, when he'll be ready, but we think he'll be ready early for us and gives us a low presence that can score. So I, I feel really good about those guys. Uh, the fives are hard to get. Whether they're high school fives or, or portal fives, uh, th- those are those are hot commodities, and they're tough to get uh, in the market uh, today. So we're obviously navigating that. We're figuring it out, but um, you know we're going to take the best available player. I like our team as it is right now. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the other option is do you get in the summer in June and July and go go through a month or so of workouts and kind of figure out you know is there a need uh, or something you need. So that's also an- another option. And then maybe uh, I think Adrian and I talked about this, or maybe it was you, but a shooter. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe finding a specialist, a guy that can really shoot the basketball. So we're in the market right now for a lot of different things. All right. Uh, along the lines of the big men, Johnny Utep just tweeted the program. The team is going to get beat in the low post all season long again with our lack of size. Only one player on the roster is 6'10 or taller. What do you have to say to Johnny Utep about being able to guard without having necessarily the 6'10, 6'11, 7-footers like other teams do? Yeah, absolutely. And I also will say this. I think the days of those true centers are gone in college basketball. They're not around very uh, very much. You don't see it very often anymore. Um, you know, everybody's going to more five out and they're playing smaller and, and it's switching one through five. And that's just kind of the way the game it's it started in the NBA and now it's come to college basketball. You look in our league last year, there was really three f- true fives. Uh, you know, you had the, the big kid from UAB. Uh, you had the big kid at Western Kentucky who we never played. And then you had the big kid at North Texas. Besides that, you know, Rice's fives all play on the perimeter. Uh, Lofton was really six five. Now he played the five. You yeah. know, again, that's my point. Um, and um, so the, those days are, are really, in my opinion, over. Um, and and y- if you can find a good one, great. You know, I mean, if he can score it, uh, if he can score it, then then you can play him and keep him on the floor. If he can't score it, you have a hard time keeping fives on the floor because they can't guard on the other end because everybody's going small. True. The second thing to us is we three quarter the post. Uh, so we three quarter hard. We force the lob over the top. We never let the ball go in directly behind. And we feel like now we have a roster of guys that will buy in completely to three quarter in the post to not let the ball go into the post and force the lob over the top where we have backside help. So the way we defend and how we do it, uh, we don't play straight behind. You just get buried in there. Jesse is uh, tweeting the program that 600 ESPN El Paso is killing guests on air with bad housekeeping. Now, listen, <laughs> Jess, let me explain something to you, okay? Uh, Coach, you can attest to this. The studio you're in, immaculate, it is right? Very clean, very clean. There's no, There's no crumbs. There's no food. There's no cat hair, dog hair, nothing. 
I don't know what's going on with your allergies, but uh, maybe we can get an allergist to come in here and give you some shots and just make it so that way you're not coughing up a storm when you come into the radio station. It, it might just be lack of sleep the last month and a half, you know, and, and uh, I need a yep. Red Bull. I hadn't had a Red Bull since this morning, you know. Maybe that's another another issue. I didn't have time to stop by before I came in here. When do you expect this schedule to be finalized, best case uh, scenario? I don't know. I would say in a month or so, right. maybe best case. Texas uh, game is going to be exciting. Fans yeah. are talking about that. They're ready to go. Yeah, we're and, fired up. Yeah, yep. I talked to Coach Beard this morning about some other things. But that game's going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. And uh, what an opportunity for our university to play the first game ever in the Moody Center. It's going to be packed. It's, there'll be celebrities there. It'll be a hot ticket to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what, what a great way. Uh, I'm sure it will possibly be on television as well. So we'll, what a great night it will be for UTEP. All right, $91.50 season ticket. That's exciting. Uh, do you have any time to follow the NBA playoffs, or are you not watching any uh, of that? My son keeps me up to date a little bit. I've watched a few quarters, you know, a few minutes here and there. I've heard rumors, by the way. Big One, game right Mavs tonight, correct? Um, That's right. Yeah, huge Mavs game. Son. Yeah, potential closeouts. That's right. No closeout tonight. Mavs will win the night. All right. Um, One son is a terrific basketball player. I'm hearing good things about him. The other one I'm hearing is a really good baseball player. Yeah, so the kids have adjusted great. In fact, uh, Coach Pry, somebody you guys might know, the new football coach at Coronado has talked my oldest into going out for football. Really? So he's been out at spring ball for three weeks I never would have imagined. Wow, that's cool. He's about 6'3", about a buck 20, uh, but he's playing outside receiver. uh, Good for him. Yeah, he's having a blast and loving it. And then also, uh, you know, obviously playing basketball. He's playing with Jason Williams uh, on the pro skills team, and they're traveling across and playing. And what, what an asset Jason's been for our community since he's been back. A great to have him at practices, great to have him talk to our, our players, but also for the youth uh, in, in our city. He's been incredible, and so he's doing great. And then Chase is, yes, he's the baseball player, and uh, we're, we're playing a lot of baseball with him right now. What position does he play? So he plays pitcher, uh, third base, and uh, does a little catching as well. Oh, very nice. Good so, athlete. Yeah, goes out and plays a little center field when they need him to. So There you uh, go. Yeah, he, he can. Uh, right. here, here's the trick, though, and you, you'll go through this with your kid. Uh, he's in that age, but mine hit puberty okay. before anybody else. So he's got hair underneath his arms, and he's up. You know, he's, he's, he's in puberty. There's no question in the sixth grade. So he's a little bit ahead of the development as far as size. And so I keep trying to remind him, you better work. Because if your butt quits working in two or three years when everybody else hits puberty, they're going to catch up to you. That's so a good point. We'll see. Right now he's mammoth. He's bigger than everybody else. We'll see in two or three years. But he's learning how to work. He's learning some work ethic. And, and uh, we're really proud of his base. But he plays on a team called the Legends. Charlie Bomback that runs no Saratoga. Charlie, very well. Charlie does yep. a lot for the kids and the youth. And yep. uh, has a really good baseball team. So we're very fortunate to have him on that team. Sounds Sounds good. Uh, listen, great to see you. You blew in here like a whirlwind, like always. You got to get out of here right now. So go ahead, and we'll come back and spend some more time as things slow down for you. Yeah, great. Great to see both of you guys, and appreciate all you do for UTEP, man. Thank you guys a bunch. There he is, Joe Golding, folks, head coach of the Miners. Uh, 20 passes. We get going here on the show. Let's go to Charlie. Come back with plenty more. 600 at ESPN El Paso. All right, let's um, unwrap what just happened on the show. Over the last 20 minutes, Adrian, Joe Golding always packs a lot into a conversation. In fact, as you would imagine, uh, there's so much there, you you start to say, wow, all right. Um, Between recruiting philosophy, which was an overview, the team itself, you know, addressing the uh, situation on the low post, like he talked about, and then the response to uh, Johnny Utep's tweet, and everything else out there. Give me uh, your your takeaways uh, with, with with everything we just had to uh, start the show today. Yeah, a lot of takeaways. I mean, number one, they're looking for a sharpshooter. That's my biggest thing right there. They're not looking to go big at the center position. They can go smaller because they feel like they're athletic. They can run with teams. Uh, they I, I found it very interesting when we were trying to piece together their schedule, their full schedule, uh, talking about 11 non 
non-conference games, seven which he hopes uh, that they will be home games. Uh, and you have to, of course, factor in one home, one away for New Mexico State. Uh, you have to factor in the Texas opener game. That'll be on the road in Austin. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was very interesting to kind of hear his philosophy, hearing how it's guys from the mud, guys who uh, really want to grind it out and, and, you know, win games. Guys who are, are, you know, maybe came from programs that didn't win this past year, but they are so dead set on winning games. But it, again, a veteran group, Steve, just an older group that's going to be coming here in El Paso. Uh, the biggest question I have is how quickly can they get, uh, you know, gelling together here in, in June once everybody comes to campus? I think that's going to be the key. I think that's why summer is so important for them. I, I really do. Um, and it, it just, uh, to me, the conversation uh, that we just had fits in with the story we put about um, how this really kind of embodies Joe Golding's personality. That's just what I think this team is all about. I do. I feel like it could, totally is, is him. And, you know, he, was, he recruited exactly the kind of uh, uh, players, both physical, mental, and, and everything else that, uh, you know, athletic that, that he would want uh, here at UTEP right now. It seems to be like this, uh, you know, this really has fit, uh, fit his team to a T. Yeah, and you look at the guy they got today, and Stephen F. Austin forward, Calvin Solomon. By the way, for listeners who are wondering, Golding's not able to comment on specific players like this, but this is a guy who's a, another proven scorer, and every year he's gotten statistically better. He started at Stephen F. Austin just coming off the bench. His sophomore year, his numbers improved, but uh, you know he, he took on a different role as a starting forward. And then this past year, his numbers really uh, you know, were special. He was averaging nearly 10 a game, five rebounds a game as well, and he's some Somebody who Jeremy Cox, the UTEP assistant coach, knows very well when he was coaching at Stephen F. Austin. So another guy who uh, you know really embodies what Joe Golding's mold, his makeup is when he tries to build up a roster. I'm with you on that one. And now you know you add that six eight kid who has the connections with Jeremy Cox. You got one left, one scholarship left, and it really is going to be interesting to see where they decide to go with that last piece. I, I do. I, I find that very interesting because if they go the sharpshooter route, that makes the most sense to me. You had Jarrell Satterfield on your team last year, who averaged nearly forty-five percent from beyond the arc. I know he tailed off in the in the la- uh, latter part of the season, but if you're get if you're able to get a knockdown scorer, maybe a graduate transfer or somebody who can come off the bench and splash some threes, that's all you need right now for UTEP basketball. I think then uh, you can start looking across the league and comparing the minors, the roster that they have with the other rosters across Conference USA to see where this team can really stack up. I think the issue, though, with Satterfield is that he had that great little run, but for the most part, um, the, one of the reasons he didn't play a lot down the stretch was defensively was not one of his strong points. And um, when he was in the game, he wasn't getting the freed-up looks, and when he did get shots, he wasn't making them. It was simple as that. So if you get if you get yourself a sharpshooter, you got to get a sharpshooter who, A, can defend, and B, can, can really get open and, and, and make that outside shot. You need uh, the UTEP version of Danny Green's uh, a la the Lakers period at Danny Green where he was playing high-level defense. He was kind of your 3 and D type of player. He can guard anybody in the backcourt, and then he can make threes for you. As It's kind of like that knockdown scorer. So you need that kind of player, a 3 and D guy who can play outside uh, and really score from the, the perimeter. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. So, by the way, um, I thought Calvin Solomon was 6'8". Maybe so. I mean, I, I I looked it up today. It could have been older numbers uh, when it came to his. You know the 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 size and all that. It always fluctuates. Well, sometimes it fluctuates. So I'm not sure about that. Where did you find him off the Stephen F. Austin uh, website? That that's correct. Also, uh, I'm looking at ESPN. ESPN's got him at six seven. So yeah, right. I mean, you know, some different ones. He's listed um, as a. I don't even have his height. 
That's even weirder. All they have him listed is uh, Stephen F. Austin's the greatest. They, they didn't even put his height on there. Uh, that's 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 the way to do it. Right? Well, but either way, Steve, they're going for undersized guys. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan Dos Anjos is an undersized forward as well, and you could kind of see those two, Solomon and Dos Anjos, those guys could possibly you know be interchangeable power forwards, or maybe they play side by side and UTEP goes small at the forward position. Who knows? They have options, right? They do have options. All right. Um, we're going to come back with plenty more as we continue here, bottom of the hour on Sports Talk. Uh, so, And by the way, what's funny is Nigel Hawkins just uh, finished up at Stephen F. Austin, former Utah. Yeah, Mark. correct. He, he really couldn't get off the bench, Steve. He had dealt with a lot of injuries but did finish out his his college basketball career, yes, at Stephen F. Austin. You're exactly right. Okay. Well, well, we got more to cover on the show as we continue here uh, and hit the bottom of the hour. So uh, we'll get to your phone calls and everything else that you've got for you. And you're right, by the way, 67194 for Calvin Solomon. Yeah, that's so right. Under 200 pounds. So we'll see. He's got to get a little weight. We'll do that. All right, let's go to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. Appreciate you, Adrian, as we continue. How about this news that just came in moments ago? Sabina Lipe coming back to the UTEP women for the 2022-23 season after a year at Northern Colorado. She's got one year of eligibility left for the minors. Now, listen, I love Sabina Lipe. She is as tough as it gets. I was sorry to see her go a season ago when she went into the portal, but this has to be the first minor who's coming back after a year in the portal to rejoin the team. So that just broke a moment ago. Happy for Kevin Baker because, like I said, Lipe to me was always kind of the the one of the glues, the glue girls on the team. Somebody that just was you knew she would take a charge. She was tough. Had a nice offensive game played physical I always liked Sabina's spirit I thought it embodied UTEP really happy to hear she's coming back and again this also goes to show how do we know that next year Katia Gallegos doesn't come back for her final year of eligibility that could be a possibility if anything what Sabina Lipe is showing us is that when you leave UTEP for a year there's and you want to come back if you're if you're someone that uh, Kevin Baker wants to bring back he'll save a spot for you yeah, it's kind of like setting. This is really paving, uh, gr- you know, setting grounds for something that we haven't seen before at UTEP, where a player leaves and then comes back. Yep, we, we've never seen this before. So no, we at, haven't at UNC, and that's Northern Colorado. Uh, Sabina Lipe played in 28 games. She logged 458 minutes. Didn't average many points. 3.8 points a game. Had 14 steals for the season and 90 rebounds. So you, you know, uh, I, I would say as far as her numbers go, maybe a, dips a little bit, but yeah. what she brings to the table as far as like you said being a glue girl and really adding a lot to the team I think that you know she can really bring a lot especially an experience to this UTEP basketball team she can easily average uh, 10 points a game for the minors this season I've saw I saw enough of Sabina Lipe in her three years when I called games uh, for the minors where I know exactly what she's capable of she's just got to stay healthy if Sabina can stay healthy there is no reason why she cannot average double figures her final year for the minors I not agree. even not even not even a question in my mind. Yeah, and she's real tough. That's what you need on this basketball team. So I, I like the fact that they got her on the group, and let's see what other players they can continue getting this offseason. I'm with you on that one. All right, um, 35 past the hour, 505-6009, our telephone number. Also, uh, the $91.50 season ticket that UTEP announced today. I tweeted this out. I don't ever recall a season ticket under 100 bucks. Now, I know for years UTEP had that um, – that um, family four-pack special that they did for football. I don't remember if they did it for basketball or not, but 
I mean, just in terms of a of a very inexpensive season ticket, Adrian, ninety one fifty. I mean, based on seventeen to eighteen home games, it's five bucks a game. So that is a, as good a price as you're going to find anywhere. And at least for minor fans now that have been complaining that you know they're they're looking for something more affordable, uh, now they get it. Yeah, now you can uh, make that investment now and then cash out later on and once the season gets rolling. But this is really, I mean, this is the time right now, Steve. Purchase the tickets now. I know it's hard for some people because it's hard for people to get excited here in May about basketball and think about think ahead and make this purchase right now when maybe you have some other purchases on the horizon. But uh, charge it to the credit card. Don't think about it for a while. And this is a great investment right here. And Steve, I, I really think that this deal, I, people should capitalize on it. 91 bucks for season tickets i love it you can't say tickets are too expensive if you have an opportunity like this and you and you decide not to take advantage of it for whatever reason and then you're upset because individual tickets are so expensive you know what this should this, this should sell out they should sell every single 91 dollars season ticket that they have because it's a great price Great price to go watch a UTEP basketball game. It really is for the whole season. Having and then you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about buying tickets. No hassle. No nothing. It's it's all set for you. And that's again that to me. That's it's as that's as good a deal as you're gonna find. Yeah, big time winners are the fans. I mean, this is one of those times where you you uh, get a buddy and you tell him, "Hey, let's go halves on these. I'll go with one ticket. You go with the second ticket, and we'll just alternate tickets." You know, one night you could bring your family, the next night he could bring their his family, or, or she could bring her family, whatever it may be. This is a great opportunity to kind of uh, bring together some tickets like that. I think that that's an, another opportunity people can capitalize on. UTEP is trying to sell season tickets for basketball. This is one way to do it. It really is. So, and then I was looking at the women's season ticket prices. You know, you can get a, a season ticket for as low as sixty-five bucks. And then I think the most expensive seat, which are those courtside uh, sideline seats on the floor, one fifty. Wow. So nice. You know, again, affordable. It really is. Women have always been an affordable season ticket compared to the men, but now you've got a men's ticket that is twenty-five dollars more than a women's ticket. That's pretty good. Yeah. It really it definitely is. is. So, you know, this they're trying to listen, they're, they're trying to they're trying to price it right. And I believe you can you can probably pay it off in installments. Charlie Thrash will tell us about that when he comes in and, and joins us to begin our five o'clock hour. But I like where UTEP's going on this. I I really do. Now, we'll find out um, now that they've launched this 915 campaign and how the $91.50 ticket will work and how ultimately I'm, I'm still interested to know how their individual uh, game tickets will work come season. But before you worry about individual seats, hey, this is a chance now. Like Adrian said, you can put on the card, pay it off over you know some installments, and you've got yourself uh, a, a really nice value for the upcoming season. Yeah, just don't snooze on this one. This is one of those that where we're talking about it here. We're, we're getting excited about these kinds of prices that UTEP's going for, but don't miss out. Don't snooze on it and say, oh, I'll just I'll get this next month. It'll be uh, this, this price down the line. No, this is the time to do it right here. 39 past. The sports talk continues. Let's break for ABC 7 News. Come back with plenty more to ca- talk about. Lots to get to on a Thursday right here at 600 ESPN El Paso. Back on sports talk. 48 past the hour. You want in on the show, we'd love to hear from you. 915-505-6009. Charlie Thrash uh, will be joining us in hour number two, I think along with Jeff Darby. What that, Adrian? How about we start with 
Joe Golding, and then we go right into the athletic department staffers in hour two of the show. Yeah, I think uh, it, it just bears repeating. We got to talk about this special in multiple hours on this show, Steve. I'm with you on that one. By the way, I like that. That's uh, what it's all about, and we have a lot to talk about. Um, Adrian, when you when you really start to think about the um, you know the whole idea of, of UTEP offering a very inexpensive uh, season ticket, um, you tell me what do you think the key is to getting people to take advantage of these tickets? That's a good question. I, I'm I, I think you have to create that urgency. I don't know if the urgency is there right now. Um, I think that as as fans can continue to look at this roster and see how it's shaping up, I, and hear some of the you know interviews that we had with some of the players and stuff like that, they can understand that this team, despite losing two All Conference type of players and Sule Boom and Jamal Bienemy, uh, they supplemented with talent who has experience a and b hungry to win guys who really want to win so if you're going to ask me if I think this team is going to struggle next year my answer is probably right now still no because I'm still bought in on this coaching staff and the way that they were able to win 20 plus games or 20 wins this past season uh, in just year one of the staff yeah I am too and uh, that's why you have to give this coaching staff the benefit of the doubt when they uh, when they're building their team because this is the first they inherited three quarters of their team last year and really the entire nucleus they brought back from a year ago it's the first time they've had a chance to put together a roster that it's gonna be their kind of guys and Sibley was a recruit from last year and uh, so was Kalu so other than Zarek Onyema who really never played until last year it's it's an this is all Joe Golding now he's he has a roster completely full of his guys. He had to work with everybody back last summer and get everybody on the same page and, and get them quickly up to speed. That's what he's going to have to do this year with the same with a, with a different roster, with a, all all new personalities, guys who've never played with each other, despite the three that you just named. Uh, those are, aside from those guys, no one has played with each other. So it, it's going to be a lot of things that, you know, like team chemistry, everybody's going to have to uh, learn to gel with each other. Yeah. That's going to be the focus of the summer. I'm with you on that one. So we'll talk more uh, about it with uh, YouTube Athletics when they join us to begin hour number two of the program, and we'll get a chance to hear from you as well uh, during that conversation. All right, uh, also want to bring this up since we've got Heat Sixers tonight, followed by Mavs Suns. Big games for both. I mean, if Philly doesn't win at home tonight, that series is over, and if Dallas doesn't win at home tonight, that series is over. So both trying to extend to a seventh game. A lot of shock last night over Milwaukee coming back to beat the Celtics, not to mention the two defensive plays that Drew Holiday made on those last two possessions, which were absolutely incredible on on Marcus Smart. Now, let's be honest. Smart looked like he had a great baseline look, and Holiday comes out of nowhere and just takes the ball right out of his hands, and then when they're up three and Boston's trying to get a three-point shot to tie, it's in an overtime, uh, Holiday just picks his smarts pocket and takes the ball away from him again. Unbelievable ending on how Milwaukee was able to win that game, which I didn't mention included a follow on a Giannis free throw miss that gave Milwaukee the basket they needed. 
Yeah, I mean, yesterday's game just so back and forth. And at halftime, people thought that the Celtics were going to run away with it, that they were going to uh, dominate in the second half and, and not allow Milwaukee to get back into the game. But that's what the Bucks did. They controlled. Uh, they hung in there in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, they just controlled it. They turned it up on the championship level, which they're able to do. And uh, you mentioned those two defensive plays by Drew Holiday. Yes. For, for him, he is looking at this right now. He saw Marcus Smart win Defensive Player of the Year. He's probably jealous. He's sure he probably, is. He's probably mad Chip about on his that. shoulder, too. Yes, and he wanted to show everybody what a great perimeter defender he is. Drew Holiday, maybe one of the best perimeter defenders in, in basketball right now, not named Marcus Smart or Mikel Bridges. I did not expect the Grizzlies to beat the Warriors by 40 without John Morant, but they did. And listen, the Grizzlies were rolling without Morant down the stretch of this season, and they were doing really, really well, but I just didn't think they had enough in them to try to at least – uh, stave off elimination for one more game. Give credit for Memphis to forcing six last night. Yeah, but uh, they had to. They had to avenge that hor- embarrassing, embarrassing loss that they had back on Monday, and they shouldn't have lost that game. So now you're talking about two games where Memphis should have won, uh, and and now we're, we're talking about a series here that's going uh, to this next game. I'm so fascinated to see if Memphis can try to hang on without John Morant, or if like, like we're talking about, maybe their inexperience kind of catches up with them, but tomorrow's game where Golden State leads the series 3-2. to two. I don't really see Golden State falling that yeah. one when they're back at home at Chase Center. I see them winning that game. I do at too. The same, at the same point, you got to give a lot of credit for the Grizzlies to continue to fight despite you know their star being out. Well, I don't know. I didn't think the Grizzlies were going to win last night. and not, I didn't think they were going to win by 40. Let's oh, put it that way. Not the way they so. looked on Monday, like you said. So that was, They showed a little grit last night. They really did. Yes. And, and all the credit to the Bucks because I didn't think the Bucks had any chance to try to uh, steal one in Boston, and now they've got a chance to close out that series in Milwaukee. Yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, really, if this if you tell me this series is ending in six, I'd still say I'd be really surprised. I think this series could still go seven. I, I just think that both teams are very even. Yeah. I think it's going all the way down to the wire. If the Bucks still win on, uh, tomorrow in tomorrow's game in game six, I wouldn't be that surprised, but still, I, I, I think that this series is built for seven. It, it, it might go the distance. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Only time will tell on that one, so we'll talk a little more more playoff hoops uh, and pucks with you later in the show. By the way, uh, Rangers uh, extended it for at least one more game after last night's uh, 5-2 win. I didn't think that was happening. So, you know, I'll give the Rangers a little credit for finding a way to finally come back to life after they looked dead the last three games. So good for them. All right, when we come back, Charlie Thrash, Jeff Darby, UTEP Athletics in our Lubingo studios to talk more about the $91.50 season ticket special. Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back, everybody, as we get going here. Hour number two of Sports Talk, along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We've got a pair of UTEP Senior Associate Athletic Directors in our uh, Lubingo studios. Excited about that. Charlie Thrash is in charge of revenue generation. Jeff Darby's in charge of external relations. They both join us here uh, as we kick off hour number two of the program. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Good to see you, Charlie. First time in the uh, Lubingo Studios. It's, it's uh, long overdue. Long overdue. Long overdue indeed, but uh, appreciate you having me in. Very nice. Jeff, you've been here a thousand times. Good to see you. How's everything going? Things are great, Steve. Thanks for having us on. You bet. Kai's coming off a Can we get an oil change while we're here, or is that just... Would you like one? I've, I've got. I think I've got a free uh, oil change card in the back. If you need one, that's fine. We could. We could take care of you for that. We've got. Some, we've got some pull here, Jeff. We've got some pull. This is the Lubingo Studios? 
You like the uh, logo behind us? Looks Absolutely. Cool. That's awesome. Right. Looks, looks good. Um, all right, gentlemen. First off, congratulations. Very successful um, uh, Orange Fever Fiesta. We heard over uh, two and a quarter, uh, $225,000 raised, which is great. And uh, I thought more than anything, uh, as um, we had Sarah on the show earlier in the week, she was kind of recapping things for us. Um, just, uh, just a really, really good event. Everybody enjoyed it, had a good time, and more than anything, I just thought that uh, there's good vibes uh, with uh, John Durabus that night. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was an awesome event. I mean, the staff, Sarah, her crew, they did a phenomenal job, and it really was a team effort. Um, normally, it's kind of the minor athletic club running with that event, but, you know, Jeff, with his connection with John, was able to, to get John to, to come in town, which was, which was no easy feat, but, um, but he, he did a phenomenal job, and the whole department was on board with it. I agree. Uh, Jeff, did you get a chance to go behind the scenes and see how uh, John did some of those, uh, some of those illusions? Because there was some pretty, really, really cool stuff there. I you know I didn't, but I, I talked to his audio visual guy. His name's Luke after the after the show, and he said that it's 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 stupid how easy you, you'd, be, you'd be amazed how simple his tricks are. I don't know what that means, but maybe they got camera angles or mirrors. I was trying to figure it out myself, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's pretty unbelievable what it, he does. I, I agree with that, you, and you guys recorded it, so that's really cool. So hopefully, one of these days, maybe it gets uploaded uh, up on on your YouTube channel through uh, Minor Vision or YouTube Athletics. We can get a chance to relive some of those illusions because I'm still wondering how he pulled <laughs> how he pulled those tricks off. I the really jersey like. still, I don't I don't know how he did the jersey one at the end. Neither does Gavin. Yeah, uh, that, you know, yeah. Well, I just, thought maybe Gavin was in on it, but no, it doesn't sound like that. I don't think so. I really don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin was in on it at all. Uh, all right, guys, a big story today, the $91.50 season ticket, uh, which is now part of uh, the 915 campaign for UTEP men's basketball. Uh, Jeff, you've been around uh, f- forever. You tell me, do you ever recall a season ticket for men's basketball under 100 bucks? Because I couldn't think about one when I tried to you know, research this later. I, I can't either, and I'll, I'll let Charlie kind of speak on the, the ticket side of things because they I know they did a lot of research into you know what other teams were charging both in the in our conference and nationally and in in El Paso and you know and but I think we're really excited we're able to do this we did get you know obviously some some criticism this last year about the, the prices being too expensive and and um, we'll talk about the 915 campaign a little bit in, in a bit but but I think it's going to be great for the fans to be able to get, come to our games more more affordably good yeah, I think more than anything, just trying to get an entry entry point into the into the game. Ninety one fifties, less than six bucks a game. So you know anybody, you know most people should be able to afford that if they want a season ticket. How uh, much work went into this, guys? Where you really were trying to determine how you can price this right, price it affordable, and and just get more people in the seats uh, for uh, for you know future years starting this upcoming season. Yeah, we work with a company. Um, it's an outsourced company called the Aspire Group. They handle all of our ticket sales, so they have some economists that um that come in and look at you know the price of the movie theaters the price of the locomotives the chihuahuas you know other entertainment options and we went we went kind of around and around and really tried to pinpoint you know strategically how we can come up with with our prices to ultimately you know get people in but also create value as you as you develop as a season ticket holder and i think the key is not 
having to put yourself in a spot to where so many people are relying on individual game tickets. It, it seems like that's really the thing more than anything else because if you can get the season ticket, lock yourself in, get a really cheap ticket price-wise, and know you're at every game, you're not going to have to put yourself in a spot to where uh, it, it's going to be more of, a, of, of an annoyance than anything else if uh, you know the, the prices are much higher than you could otherwise get right now. Yeah, and if you're coming to every game and you're waiting in line, I mean, that's that's not the that, that's not the funnest thing to do. I think we all know that. So if you can lock it in before the season, um, I think the other biggest thing too is we just got to get our season ticket holders out. Um, you know, I think we saw that in the postseason when we did the general admission. I mean, those environments of thirty five hundred people were amazing, and that's because everybody was p- piling down to the to the court. You know, I think so. You know, like in our gold sections right there in the middle, uh, we got to create more reasons for people to come out. Well, and and that's going to be the key more than anything else, like you said, is, is getting fans out there. Now, there's a lot of different ways to solve this issue, guys. Cheap tickets is one of them, no doubt about it. But um, at the same time, as the team plays better, the demand goes up. And as the demand goes up, the tickets become uh, a hot ticket and down because everybody wants to go watch uh, a basketball team that's winning a lot of games and potentially uh, going back to the postseason. Absolutely. And and then you got to have the price point right for once your demand hits to where, you know, where it can be, the price needs to be right at that at that time as well. So in addition to the 9150 uh ticket, which by the way, you guys might have a better answer than I on this cuz I I have no idea about how many seats uh in the Haskins Center are priced right now at that 9150 mark for season tickets. It's probably a couple thousand off the top of my head, I would say. Yeah. Two, good. 2,000 or so. Still, that's a good number. So mm-hmm. if you sell those out, that's a good dilemma to have, right? Exactly. Yep. Okay. And then you also expanded the next price level, which I think are the green section, mm-hmm. and you inc- you increased available tickets in that price range, which is, I don't know, about 180 or 185. Yep. 185. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, and you've added seats there too. So you've tried to make as affordable uh, a ticket as you can. Is that, is that really the number one goal you think for this upcoming season for fans is affordability? Well, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately that the, the price point being at 9150, that allows us to lower our single game price point as well. Um, so it's, it's twofold. It's, you know, let's try to sell those out with season tickets. If we can't, now we have a lower, a lower price to get entry in the building. So in other words, uh, and this is interesting, you say that. So you try to sell as many of those as you can, but if not, those same 9150 seats won't be as expensive when individual tickets go on sale. Correct. Yep. Yep. So like last year, you know, for the New Mexico State game, I think our, our cheapest ticket was $18. Um, you know, in that section for the same game, it's it's probably going to be – we haven't finalized that price, but – it's not going to be 18 bucks. Will there still be dynamic ticket pricing uh, for any way with that and just go for more of a static ticket price uh, for well, each game? Well, we won't have probably the five levels that we had last year, which yeah. made a little bit of confusion of, what, is it 14 or 16? You know, So we'll still have our premier games like the New Mexico State, like some of our Saturday night conference games. Um, but not as not as many levels. I understand. So, yeah. Right. Charlie Thrash, Jeff Darby here with us from YouTube Athletics uh, as, as we continue. Uh, tell me more about this 915 campaign. And I know this is part of it with the 9150 uh, ticket price, but some of the other uh, things that will also be under the uh, campaign umbrella. Well, you know, we brought in John Washington as our associate AD for 
John Washington is our Associate AD for Fan Engagement and Digital Strategy. We brought him in from Lamar, and, and Jamie Mondragon is our Director of Marketing. They've both done an, an unbelievable job for us. This was actually John's idea, this whole 915 campaign, to really get the whole city behind UTIP Athletics. We feel like we've got a product now that we can sell. We have, that hasn't really been necessarily been the case the last few years, but we got football back on track. we got men's basketball back on track, and... Um, one of the things Jim Center came to us about last year was he wanted to do one game where we could do a Sun Bowl sellout game. And um, we couldn't do it last year. It just didn't work out timing-wise. But we want to try to emphasize, like, for each of our sports, we want to identify probably one game a year that we want to try to sell out. In the case of football, it's going to be North Texas, the season opener, and then New Mexico State. We think we got a legit shot to sell out both those games. So so the 915 campaign, and you're going to see a reduced um, – Ticket price for football as well, which we'll be announcing here later in May, which is going to tie in with the 915 as well. But we're also working on a uh, clothing line, 915 clothing line. We're doing some partnerships with some folks around the city that we think are going to be really beneficial for us. But we got some cool things we're going to be announcing. I don't want I don't want to share too much right now because we're going to have a press conference May 31st, and we're still trying to get some things ironed down. But but we think um, people are going to be excited about the teams. And they're going to be excited about some of these promotions that will help hopefully get some big crowds in the Sun Bowl. It sounds good. It sounds like there's there's a lot more to the 915 campaign than just this $91.50 basketball season ticket. And, yeah, the other thing we're going to do, I guess we can we can share this, but we're going to be doing some coaches' caravans around the city this summer, which I've been here 23 years. I don't think we've ever done those. I know New Mexico State's done them, I believe. Mm-hmm. But these will be our first coaches' caravans where we're really going to try to hit several different spots around the city, hit, hit the east, hit the west, hit the central, hit the northeast. And we've – we, uh, we had a nice meeting with Destination El Paso yesterday and kind of picked their brain with some places we can go. So we're going to try to get those all pinned down by the end of the month and then probably in June and July. And, and probably, probably June and July will be the two months you'll see our coaches out there, student-athletes out there sign autographs and getting out of the community because I know people like to be able to touch those guys. And in terms of uh, coaches' caravans, we try to bring as many coaches as possible, like all in the same, uh, all in the same caravan? Yeah, I mean, we, we'd love to have – you know, Coach Dimmel and Coach Golding and Coach Baker and probably our soccer and volleyball coach come to as many of them as they can. I mean, obviously, get into summer vacations and we'll see who's available. But yeah. but we also want to stagger our student athletes so people can read. Well, maybe, maybe Gavin Harrison is going to be at this one, but Deion Hankins is going to be at that one. And you know, I want to go to all of them because I'm going to be able to see see those guys. So we're we're going to try to be strategic and try to make them appealing to as make all of them appealing to as many people as possible. Sounds good. Uh, Jeff Darby, uh, Charlie Thrash with us here in our Lubingo studios. Uh, we just had a call off the air. Pinky wants to know, guys, will there be any parking included in the season ticket special? Parking is a benefit of being a minor athletic club donor. So, um, you know, depending on where individuals sit, they can easily become a minor athletic club donor, you know, like that 185 ticket that we were talking about, $15 of that goes towards minor athletic club membership. And as long as the individual gets to $50 or above, um, they, they would qualify for a free parking pass. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Now, here's another question, okay? What if somebody uh, buys this $91.50 season ticket but then gives an additional donation to the minor athletic club to hit that $50 benchmark? Yep. Would that also include uh, parking as Correct. part of the deal? Yeah, as long as they're a $50 donor and they're a season ticket holder, it doesn't matter what level of season ticket they have. It qualifies for both football and basketball, um, and we have different lots. Obviously, the closer you are, the higher level donor level yeah. uh, that the individual would have to be, but um, there's still some really good $50 lots. I'm sure there are, and yeah. that's a great deal. So for 50 bucks, 
you get a parking pass for football and for basketball if you're a season ticket holder to both. Correct. That's a great deal, guys. Yeah, yeah. Because if you think about it, that's six home games for football. That's probably 17 for basketball. So you add that up, that's almost 25 games combined. And for 50 bucks, it's like 2 bucks to park. So that's a great way to look at it, too, when you really start to break it down. And I like that. That's mm-hmm. a... That's, that's, that's important to tell fans because sometimes people are thinking about parking. They don't realize that the minor athletic club for 50 bucks will get you in as an entry level, and now you've got the parking as part of the deal. Yeah, and we even, if somebody wants to buy additional parking passes, they just have to meet that donor level twice, and then there's a, there's a cost that's associated with the additional pass. But we always provide the first pass for free. Good. All right. Yep. That sounds that sounds good. It sounds like there's a lot of things uh, in store this summer, which is also really important. And we should make note that season tickets for basketball are on sale now. So if fans want to take advantage of the $91.50 special men's basketball ticket or renew their current tickets, which haven't changed price-wise from last year, uh, they can do so right now. Yep. Yep. Youptepminers.com slash tickets, or they can give us a buzz. Yep. Do you guys have uh, payment uh, plans where people can try to pay these off over a couple months? Yeah, seven months. So right now. If, oh, wow. Yeah, so if you, you know, ninety-one fifty divided by seven, well, what's that? Uh, that's <laughs> uh, a very inexpensive $12 monthly. a month or something like that. Yeah, yeah but, but let's say even fans want to say, say they want to buy four, like yeah. two for them and their kids, and they got a whole family, and you're dealing with, uh, what, about 360 bucks. You divide 360 by seven, and... Uh, that again is uh, fifty yeah, something 50, 50 bucks, le- less yeah. than less than sixty bucks a month, mm-hmm. and you can do that and pay it off, and now you're all set and good to go. So that's important too, because sometimes I think fans think that you got to pay it in one lump sum, and you don't realize you could actually uh, pay those off over the course of uh, more than half a year. Yeah, that's one thing we we always pride ourselves on is always being flexible with with payments. I mean, we we get it, and you know we work with folks on on that on a one to one basis. Yeah. Um, Gentlemen, it sounds like things are in, in, in pretty good shape right now at Utah, but that's that's for sure. Jeff, you said 23 years. You tell me. Um, I would say probably 2003, the last time we can really look back and say football's in a good spot, basketball was in a good spot then because Gillespie was bringing it back. Um, it's been a while since UTEP has had optimism for, for really uh, both the men's sports, hasn't it? Probably 04 because uh, that's when Mike Price came in. 03, we were winning two games in football. So That's true, 04. Yeah, but 04, 05, we had a really roll in there, back-to-back bowls and going to the NCAA tournament two years in a row. We want to get back to that, obviously, and we think we've got two really good coaches here in place. I mean, Dana's done an unbelievable I'm, – I'm the football sport administrator, and it's, it's, it's unbelievable the job that he's done, you know, turn this program around. I don't think people realize how bad shape it was. It was then when he took over, and I know we had a couple of tough years at the start, winning one game, you know. But, but to go from from one to three wins to seven, you know, in, in two years, I think, and we got fourteen starters coming back too, and so it's going to be it's going to be an exciting season this year. We think the schedule's set up where we got an opportunity to win some games, and hopefully, can make a run at the conference USA championship. Good job, guys. Appreciate you both being here. Thanks for the time, and uh, congratulations on the nine one five campaign. Sounds like uh, good things in store for UTEP athletic fans here uh, this summer and uh, into the upcoming season. Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having us, Steve. All right, you got it. Jeff Darby, Charlie Thrash with us here from UTEP Athletics. We'll come back with plenty more, including your phone calls, 505-6009. Let's send it back to Charlie and get this traffic update. Welcome back. 23 now past the hour. Our thanks to the UTEP Athletic Department, Charlie Thrash, Jeff Darby. Darb's in charge of external relations. Thrash in charge of revenue generation. They're both the UTEP senior associate athletic directors. 
here on the program as we continue. You want to react uh, to the uh, – here's my question, okay? And, and this is the interesting thing. So you learned a lot during that interview. Number one, you got seven months to pay this off. Seven months. Number two, if you want a ticket for – if you want a parking pass, all you got to do is give the Minor Athletic Club 50 bucks a year – and you will get a free parking pass for football and men's basketball as part of that donation. Okay? So 50 bucks gets you the parking pass. And I guess, Adrian, the question now is this, because I really don't have the answer to this, but I think a $91.50 season ticket is a really, really good price when it comes to men's hoops. So... Uh, they said they got a couple thousand of those tickets that are available at that price range. I am fascinated to know how many people will take advantage that aren't season ticket holders now. But will a $91.50 season ticket make them a UTEP season ticket holder for basketball now? Yeah, that's a great question right there. I feel like if you're a business owner listening to that interview, I'm buying four tickets right now. And, and knowing that I can do it in in installments uh, up to seven months, I mean, you just did the math off the top of your head. So number four, what we learned is you could do math like no one else off the top of the head. I was telling that to Sal back here. But um, when you're talking about $50 payments over the course of seven months for four tickets, I mean, that's not bad at all. No, it's not. So let's put a poll question up, all right? Let's just make this a simple yes or no. Um, and the question will be this. Um, if you're not a UTEP season ticket holder, um, but now that the Myers have rolled out this 9150 ticket, will you become a UTEP season ticket holder? That's what I'd like to know. Yes or no? And if not, why? Because now all of a sudden, if you're like, well, let's, let's wait till the season starts. Well, you just heard Joe Golding talk about how they really need butts in the seats. And, you know, you put 2,000 of them at this price range, plus all the other season ticket holders that are coming back that are already on board, uh, you get yourself a nice little base. You've got a base of about five, 6,000 season ticket holders at this point. Now you're, now you're, you're getting close to half the gym filled up before you even have to worry about selling another ticket. So it does make sense. I like the policy. I like where they're going. I don't think I've ever heard of a, nine, of, of a, of a season ticket less than 100 bucks. And I've been hosting this show forever, as all of you know, forever. So, you know, they've done they've done family four packs, which were kids and and parents. They did those tickets, but they've never done like a single for under a hundred before that I could ever that I could ever think of. And by the way, if you look at the ticket map, which I placed inside my story. There's a lot of areas in that gym that are priced at this 9150 range. A lot of tickets, all right? Not just a small section, not just a slice, but probably about half the gym when you look at the the sections themselves. There's a, a lot of arenas that are a lot of, uh, you know, sections in the arena that are in that blue range. 
Most definitely. With this, uh, hey, also you just want to get a ticket in the seat and knowing that you're going to be there uh, time and time again throughout the year. That's another thing that's uh, you know encouraging to fans to know. And I, I think this is a great initiative. Makes it affordable for a lot of fans. And uh, I, th- I think that fans should really take advantage of this because once the window closes, people will be you know really upset with themselves yeah. knowing that they didn't take advantage of this. And when I say half the gym, I don't mean half the gym or $91 season tickets. I mean that if you look at the map the way it's laid out um it's uh, unless you're on the sideline sections those corners and the ends those are all priced in that 9150 range up on top that's the best way to put it so the seats on top from you know that uh, i would say double d to double v and then double q to Double J, those are all in that that same range, and then you've got the the sidelines and the seats below the blue seats below the uh, the nine one five section. Those are the green seats, and those are the one hundred eighty five dollars season ticket. So yeah, I mean they've. They've done a nice job of making the majority of the seats concourse level and above affordably priced. That's the best way to put it. Twitter poll is up, Steve. Let's see what uh, what listeners have to say to this. Because if you're not a, a season ticket holder, will this make you a season ticket holder right here? I'd love to know the answer to that. I really would. And better yet, if not... What would it take? Like, really? If you're not a season ticket holder, what would it take to make you one? That's what I want to know. Aren't you curious about that? Because this does not go to the season ticket holders. This is strictly to those who are fans but are not season ticket holders. So let's say you got a family of four, right? Family of four. And you buy four of these season tickets. So let's do the math. 9150 times 4 is $366 divided by 7 $52.29 a month for 7 months. Easy. And you've got and you've got to pay it off. Very Most affordable. of you, listen, truthfully, if you're a family of 4, chances are when you go to dinner, you're spending way more than 53 bucks for dinner. All right? Unless you go fast food, then you can't compete. But even fast food gets expensive after a while. But if you want to go to a you know a pretty nice restaurant um, and a sit down restaurant, you're probably dropping over more than 50, 50 bucks a night for dinner. So here you are, you pay that per month for seven months, and you paid off four season tickets for basketball. With this, I, I feel like they they just made it so affordable for everybody. I, I just feel like this is, whether you're a business, whether you're a family, whether you're just a UTEP fan and you just want to save some cash, everybody should try to capitalize off this one. Paul Marmalejo completely disagrees. He thinks that this is the wrong strategy. I will explain to you what Paul Marmalejo, his solution is to the UTEP uh, situation for uh, for hoops. We'll talk about that next as we continue 31 past Sports Talk at 600 ESPN El Paso. On Sports Talk, Paul Marmalejo uh, tweets the show, UTEP, get a clue. General admission works too. First come, first serve. It takes a good product in El Paso. Hashtag not a fan. Now, 
in a and, and then he just followed this up. Why should I flock to the cashier without a proven product? UTEP needs to sacrifice a bit. Open the gym to all until we have an above-average product. Now, number one, I think Paul, um, they, they won 20 last year, Paul. I mean, and, they, and you know, that's, it's not like this was a 500-mediocre team. The 20-win season last year. Pretty good year, considering the previous seasons we've had, okay? And a new coach, super energetic. Now, part of me thinks, maybe I'm wrong here, but I would love if UTEP held one section back, and I'm talking from the from the bottom all the way up, okay? One section in the arena. And that was a designated GA section. So for every game, you can't buy season tickets in that section. That section is open seating, GA seats. And say you sell those tickets for whatever, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever you do. First come, first serve into that section and that section only. And that makes it the GA section. Kind of like students, same thing, except it's for the general public. You've got one section in the building that's GA. So I don't have a problem with Paul. You don't put the whole arena as general admission. Paul, that's ridiculous. Now you're crapping on your season ticket holders. You can't do that, all right? Because your season ticket holders spend a lot more money than your cheap butt does. And the truth is, they're the lifeblood of the university. So don't tick off the donors. Don't tick off uh, the fans that keep this thing going. But if you want to be cheapo, I'm fine with that. I think that's good because they should have a GA section, one section in the building. And if they sell it out, they sell that out. But that's it. So let's just say for argument's sake, the GA section at UTEP is section W. Okay? So section W um, from... The top to the bottom is all GA, right? And whatever that, whatever how many tickets there are, you offer them uh, at a certain price point, you buy them, and when that thing sells out, you sell out your GA section. That's it. Everything else is the way it is right now. So I don't think Paul's wrong. I think that GA is a good idea with one section, not the whole arena. You got to be smart, Paul, and that's not smart. But if you wanted to make... A, it's like Moche at New Mexico State. He's got his little $5 ticket area where you could sit in the lower bowl for 5 bucks. They go on sale the day of the game. Once they're gone, they're gone. I'm fine with that. Now, you don't have to make the $5 tickets available on game day only. You can sell them in advance if you want because it's a GA section. It's fine. But I like that idea. I do. I like the fact that you could have one designated spot where fans could just get there early and sit. And everything else is, uh, is status quo the way it is right now. The easy fix of this, we all know it, right? It's it's the student section, right? You just trim it down instead of having four sections or whatever they end up they having. Have, they have two. They have A and okay, Z. Okay, so instead of two, just one. I mean, really. Do that too. Yeah, why not? That, that's, I you feel could, like you that's know what you, you know what you could do? You could actually make one section for students and the one right next to it your general admission section. Easy. Easy, easy solution to this. And right now you've got – that, that's true. Because you know what? They don't have enough students to have two sections, even though the band takes up part of it. So that's the thing, too. Remember, the band's in Section Z, all right? So that's the only downside to what to the idea you've got is that if you make one section students and the other section GA, what do you do with the band? 
Well, I, I think you just you, you have to reposition them. You have to you have to figure something out. But I, I feel like that's the easiest way to do this, Steve. Probably. Yeah. Probably, I mean, right. you, because there's not enough students. This is the no. way. This is the place where you can. They've get, given the students too much, and the students, honestly, they they don't. Uh, I don't want to say they don't deserve it, but they don't support it. So if you're giving them all this and they don't and they don't support it, why not cut them in half and give uh, and and then give the GA section to uh, to the fans that want to go and do that. You know, I'm actually, you know, another thing to commend UTEP about is that they gave their their fans back, you know, those M and N sections that are right next to the tunnel. They gave those to the students this past year, and the students really didn't show up at, at those sections. So, yeah. you know, they go back, the students go back to A and Z now. Uh, why not just reduce it to one? Just allow it so it's on Z, allow Fair the enough. students to go there, and then uh, for section A, it's GA. And you want to know something? If, uh, if uh, the demand exceeds availability, well, then you know what? That's a good thing and maybe that'll get the students back and caring more about the product to begin with. They could buy a GA ticket, a cheap one. There you go. That's right, too. 38 pass. Let's go to Brian from downtown. He's back and joins us next on Sports Talk. Brian, how are you? I'm fine. You know, we've discussed this at length for ever since you've been doing Sports Talk. I mean, when are they going to put professionals in charge of this? Well, they finally did. They went outside the university and they hired – they hired guys that have been doing this with another university and kind of promoted them to the next level, just like you do with assistant coaches, right? They did it the right way, and this is the result. I think it's brilliant. And I think, and, but it, and there's more than meets the eye because there's, there, there's going to be a, a factor multiplier with, with, you know, you don't think that, the, that the, the Nissan dealers and the Ford dealers aren't going to scarf up a bunch of these to pass on to people that are going to test drive a Cadillac? I would. Why not? That's a great well, yeah, idea, too. I mean, Businesses should take advantage of this 9150 as much as fans. Right, but it gives another employee of the university, the external marketing guy, yep. to go out and say, look, this is what we've got to the general public. This is, you know, if you do this number of commercials, this number will get, you know, I mean, this gives it so much. It, it has an extension as far marketing has an extension to do with season with the season tickets. you got a product to sell. Sure, sure. No, I agree with and, that. And I, I have to applaud them. You know, and I've been a very a big critic about the way that the athletic department markets their product. Well, finally, they've got professionals that are doing it. I think it's wonderful. Definitely. Don't make a fifth year senior in charge. Okay. Do you think they're going to? Do you think they're going to sell a lot of these ninety one dollar fifty cent season tickets now that they released it? No, I, you know what? I'm not Kreskin. I'm not going to predict anything. Come on, uh, Kreskin. Know, Give me Nostradamus. Not, but the point I'm trying to make is that this is a huge leap in the right direction because yep. it's marketing, and, and, and you've got, like you say, we do have a product in both football and basketball, and, and, and now we have professionals that can market that product. I think it's great. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for the phone call. 20 in front of 6 as Sports Talk continues. You want to weigh in? Give me your thoughts and follow up on that. 505-6009. How about this? Oscar, uh, who joined us in our Lubingo studios earlier in the week, at Oscar Jr. 915. I'm not a season ticket holder, but probably will be now. Okay. They there got you go. somebody. They, they got did. a conversion. That's what, that, hey, that's, that's what it's all about, folks. We'd love to hear from you. And, again, if you are not a season ticket holder and you would like to vote on the poll, we just put up at 600 ESPN El Paso. We'd love for you to do so. And if you want to comment, feel free to do that as well. Coming back to wrap up hour two of three, right here, 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, 11 in front of six. Sports talk continues. 505-6009. That is our telephone number. You can also vote in our Twitter poll 
at 600 ESPN El Paso. Poll question is this. If you uh, are not a season ticket holder, will you become a UTEP basketball season ticket holder with the $91.50 price? Yes or no? There's 15 uh, votes in so far. We have uh, a day left to go on this one, but we'd love to hear from you. So interesting, though, getting your thoughts on this. Will you become a season ticket holder uh, based on the price level? And I'll be honest with you, Adrian. I don't know how this one's going to finish. I really don't. In fact, it's it's a fascinating Twitter question for the poll because currently, of the 15 votes, 80% that have voted had said yes they will become a season ticket holder for UTEP basketball with the $91.50 price. 20% have said no. Very interesting. Uh, I guess early numbers show that everybody is overwhelmingly excited about this uh, this special that's coming for the season tickets. However, I still wonder with this 20% who said no, why did they say no? And, and what are some other ways that UTEP could try to get them to become season ticket holders? Or are they just a lost cause? Are they those that UTEP shouldn't focus on as far as trying to convert them to season ticket holders? Do we kind of put Paul Marmalejo in the lost cause? Because I, like I feel like he's in the lost cause. He wants the GA ticket price um which by the way paul based on what charlie just said sounds to me like those 9150 seats whatever doesn't sell could turn into like a ga price for you when individual tickets go on sale later in the year that'd be really cool once that happens and once we kind of get to see that but i i think that there are a lot of fans out there who might vote no and just say hey it's too early like let, let's talk in november when uh it's closer to basketball season and we get more excited about these kinds of things now i mean we're just urging people to get in early on these kinds of things that's what we're doing and look they've they've made it affordable so you can't throw the uh, expensive excuse at him anymore. You can't do that. Um, that's for sure. But the truth is, is that, listen, um, you know, the crowds, I mean, they're not what they once were. The teams aren't what they once were. But, man, it would be nice to go into that building and see seven to 8,000 every game. It'd be great. I'm not saying you got to sell it out. I'm just saying, how about more than half full? That would be really, really nice. You know, I was uh, when we had a chance to talk to guys like Sule Boom, Jamal Bienemy, uh, Titus Verhoeven after the season this past season. They all said their favorite. They all, uh, you know, they all agreed that their favorite UTEP moment was the North Texas game, where there were so many fans in yep. the stands, and they upset one of the best teams, if not the best team at that time in Conference USA, who was an who was on a huge winning streak. So, I mean, you just you, you hear from the players, you hear from the coaches, and and hearing it from you, who's who's experienced uh, packed houses at the Don Haskins Center. I mean, I've experienced it as well, but more as a fan. But, I mean, yeah, it would be exciting to see uh, fans return in the masses to the Haskins Center. You know, what's so interesting also is that of this team, only three players are from last year. So the majority of this roster has no idea what to expect as far as the fans go at, at the Haskins Center. And that's also really interesting because, you know, you get a nice little crowd, a nice little base, and all of a sudden, 
that uh, that 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 roster feels like they're playing in front of twelve thousand every night. Yeah, it'll take some adjust uh, adjusting for some of these guys who aren't used to playing in front of crowds. Like you're telling me, Southern Miss is drawing a lot of fans. Evansville's drawing a lot of fans. Like uh, these, it'll take some adjusting for some of these guys. But I think that's exciting for them. I mean, uh, they they didn't come from winning programs. They want to win games, and you want to play in front of a real college basketball atmosphere. And if fans turn out, I mean, they could really experience that when they're here at UTEP. Um. Yes, you're you're right, 100 percent on that. So, and you know what else? You know what else a really good, strong rush of season ticket purchases means to me? It means that this community has bought into Joe Golding. That's what it means more than anything else. Okay. So the price is great. Um. You know, it's never been this low. We get all that. But you know what? Fans never embraced Rodney Terry. And Rodney never won here enough to get the fans to embrace him. Joe Golden comes in, wins 20 games year one. Does it without Bryson Williams. Now, you'd love to see the fans respond by saying, hey, season tickets are up 30%. You know, the fans are fans are behind you. They're, they're, ready to get, they're ready to run this back with the new roster because they've got faith in you. That could go a long, long way in year two. Rodney Terry's teams—they flirted with fans. They they made fans excited for a little, you know, brief moments. But uh, Joe Golding kind of—he was the one who kind of put it together, like put some of the talent together, had guys develop, and it was—he wasn't so reliant on just a couple scores. Yeah. So I think fans appreciated that. They liked the branded basketball. They liked the style. They like his style and the way that he speaks after games. So I think all of that and and you know a couple more things. That's probably the reason why the city's gotten behind him. Mister E just tweets the program. Great deal on those tickets. Coach is bringing his style of player. Team will have more wins this upcoming year. Trust the process. Hashtag Miner Strong. Let's rock the Don like it was in 92. That's a good way to wrap it up, Mr. E. When we come back, NFL schedule drop for 2023. It happens. We'll talk about it next right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. We're underway. Final 30 minutes underway. Hags will be joining us in a little bit. Story time tomorrow. You have a movie review for us? I wish, but I was at uh, Dancing with the Teachers. How was Dancing with the Teachers? It was great. Uh, I had a lot of fun at Franklin High School. I have I had no clue what I was saying half the time, Steve. How am I going to da- judge a dance performance, man? I, I have no clue about dance. Did uh, you? Um, were you a popular judge? Did all the uh, students really like uh, go crazy when you were giving your scores? Um, I wasn't. I wasn't that kind of judge. I was more of the one who tried to come up with like a quip, uh, something funny. We had to like. It was tough because we had to like uh, critique every teacher at the end of their dance routine oh, the and teachers so, are the one dancing yeah so it's oh called dancing God. with the teachers so it's like students dancing with teachers and then they crowned a winner yesterday so it was a lot of fun it, it was a it was a great uh great to be back there at franklin um i thought it was a great atmosphere so yeah it was it was a good time sounds like fun did you uh give uh, andy quintana's uh, daughter preferential treatment i had no clue who she was uh i didn't even you know they didn't have uh names for the kids or anything like that so you didn't know so i i didn't know who uh she was so unfortunately i didn't Okay, well, sorry for them. Um, hey, meanwhile, it's uh, NFL schedule release day. So uh, now, apparently, all the schedules have officially dropped. How about that? 
Yeah, I've been uh, I've been seeing these drops all across uh, Twitter. I mean, you know, we we saw the leaked ones that happened earlier this week, but the ones that they've announced today, very interesting. Players have even responded. I mean, you're talking about like Chandler Jones, who switched mm-hmm. over to the Raiders. Uh, he was he highlighted that game when he gets to uh, return to play the Cardinals. So a lot of players also voicing their thoughts on this. You ready for the Cowboys schedule? Okay, let's uh, give it to me. Let's do preseason first, okay? So preseason, they play at Denver uh, Saturday, August 13th, at the Chargers uh, Saturday between the 19th or 21st, and home against Seattle either the 26th, 27th, or 28th. Interesting first game for them, Steve. You told me you said uh, Cowboys Bucks. Yes. Well, that's, I'm doing the preseason okay, right now. Okay. I'm okay, doing okay. the preseason. So, so we're talking pre-season Seattle. Is, Preseason is home against Seattle at Denver and at the Chargers. Okay, got it. Okay. So two AFC West games and an and an NFC West opponent. Okay, I'm already jumping ahead. I'm looking like week three already. Oh, yeah, so let's go to week one. All right. Tampa Bay at home, Sunday, September 11th, Sunday night game, 720 kick. Amazing. Well, Bentley, these are all central time, so let's do uh, El Paso times. 620 on Sunday night. Amazing game. Amazing yeah. game to start things off for the, the Brady's. They get the Brady's at home. Then, the following Sunday, the late game against Cincinnati, AT&T oh my Stadium. Gosh. So they open up with Tampa and Cincinnati at home. Then they go to the Giants on a Monday night, play them, and then the following week, home against Washington. All these pri- all these like primetime slots for the the Cowboys. I mean, I'm not. I shouldn't be surprised. Well, first off, they've got two primetime slots in the first three weeks. And then they go to wa- they play Washington at home. Then they go on the road. Rams on Sunday. It's an it's the late game. Eagles. Where's that at? Is that in AT&T? Nope, at LA. Ooh. Okay. Then they've got the Eagles Sunday, October 16th, seven a 620 kick. So three nationally televised games out of their first six. Okay? Then they get Detroit, home, Chicago home, back-to-back weeks to wrap up October, and then they get their bye week November 6th. So let's review. They have five home games out of their first eight. Tampa, Cincinnati, Washington, Detroit, and Chicago. Then they get their bye. Then coming off the bye, they go at Green Bay, Sunday, November 13th, that's the late game. At Minnesota, Sunday, November 20th, that's the late game. Thanksgiving against the Giants this year. How about that? Interesting, very interesting. So, Cowboys-Giants in AT&T, Thanksgiving, that's the late game on Fox. Then, they play a week and a half later, at home, Sunday night, Colts, NBC. Then, Sunday at home against Houston, and that's also an early game. So, three in a row at home, and then four, three of the last four on the road. At Jacksonville, Sunday, December 18th, early game. Saturday, Christmas Eve, late game with Philly, at home. Then they've got uh, a Thursday night game against Tennessee on the road. That's Amazon Prime. And then they wrap it up either January 7th or the 8th at Washington. That's your schedule. 
So you got a Christmas Eve kickoff against the Eagles and a Thanksgiving game against the Giants. Uh, yeah, that is that just shows you where all the TV broadcast side when it comes to scheduling the Cowboys. Nine home games, eight road games for the Cowboys this year. Okay, got you. And by the way, primetime games, one, two, three, if you count uh, Thanksgiving, which you have to. Yes. Four, five, six. Six of the 17 games are primetime games for America's team. There you go. That's uh, that's why they're America's team right there. That Everybody wants to watch them, I guess. Quick schedule analysis, okay? Tampa and Cincinnati are going to be killers to start the year. Then they got to go play the Giants on the road, home against Washington, at the Rams, at Philly. That's a tough, tough first six games of the season for the Cowboys. Yeah, I think when it comes to anybody in the NFC East, you just really have to ask yourself, who's going to come out of this division? Is it going to be the retooled roster, which is the uh, Philadelphia Eagles? Is it, is it going to be the Giants who finally turn things around with Danny Dimes? I'll probably side with a no on that one right out of the gates. Is it going to be the Commanders who uh, have yep. a lot of uh, stock on Carson Wentz and Ron Rivera? I mean, this, this, has, this marriage has to work or else things are going to really change and Washington and if you believe that the Cowboys are far superior than those teams it maybe it doesn't matter who they play you know outside their division maybe all the the matters is their divisional games let's say by some miracle the Cowboys are four and two after their first six okay and they play Tampa Cincinnati the Giants Washington the Rams and Philly let's say they finish four and two then they've got a couple layups with Detroit and Chicago at home in back-to-back weeks let's be honest those are the week that's the weak part of the NFC North and they're both coming home in back-to-back weeks before they're by. So the second half of the season is going to be really interesting. At Green Bay and at Minnesota, then they've got the three home games with the Giants, Indianapolis, and Houston before they go at Jacksonville, home against Philly, at Tennessee, at Washington. I don't know what to make of this schedule, do you? No, I don't because, well, there's still a lot of unknowns when it comes to just this whole season with the NFL. There's been so much roster shakeups just across the league. So you, you want to project, hey, I, maybe the NFC North is not going to be that as good this year, knowing that Devontae Adams is out of that division. And just the, you know, the Bears are kind of hitting the reset button and same with the Lions. But I, I really, I don't, I still don't know what to think because at the same point with the AFC North, we all want to just pencil them in as a bad division. But who knows? What if uh, the Colts have a, a strong season? What if the Titans, despite the, their offseason shakeups with by trading A.J. Brown, what if they still have a good season? So, yep. I, I really, I, again, I don't know. I think we're going to find out a lot you know, early on into the season how, uh, how this whole schedule will shake up for the Cowboys. Oh, I'm with you on that one. Somebody said that the Cowboys have the easiest strength of schedule. I can't no see way. that. There's no way that's the case, is there? Well, I mean, if you really want to make the argument that the AFC North and the NFC North are the two weakest divisions in football, then yes. But I still think the NFC East, uh, the da- Dallas's division, I still think that's the worst in football. Oh, I do too. I do too. So, yeah, it's, it's fun. I like this. I like this. I think this is going to be interesting. So, once again... Uh, Cowboy fans, we can get your thoughts on this uh, because I do think this is a it's, a it's a tough schedule. There's no doubt about it. Um, looking at the Packers schedule, by the way, in case you're wondering for you Aaron Jones fans out there, um, their home games this year they got they go at the Vikings, home against the Bears, at the Bucks, home against the Patriots. They play the Giants in London. 
Then they're home against the Jets. There's your game, Steve. There's your game that you got to circle right there to to go in Lambeau. The Jet game? Yes. That's perfect. The October game? Uh, Noon kickoff? Yeah, I got to get there. Got to take Joel for that one. We're flying to we're flying to Green Bay, folks. Um, that's that's true. At the Commanders, at the Bills, at the Lions, home against the Cowboys, home against the Titans, at the Eagles, at the Bears, bye week in week fourteen, home against the Rams, at the Dolphins, home against the Vikings, home against the Lions. Doesn't seem that bad. No, not bad at all. I mean, you could also circle that November 13th one with the Cowboys. That'd be an interesting one, too, if, if you can make that trip. I, I bet that those tickets are way, way harder to get than the Jets. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? It's, I have to talk to I Dave did. at 915 Tours for that one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's definitely right. That's a, that's an easy one for me. Though. That's, that's a pretty good schedule. No, I think I'm going to see the Jets uh, would be fun. Uh, Jets, and, um, you know, Jets and Packers. That wouldn't be bad. Oh, that'd be an excellent one. I and you know, I'm I don't know, Steve. I'm getting a little excited about the Jets. I saw Sauce Gardner's wearing number one this year. I don't know if you saw that, but uh jerseys are, are a big thing for me. Yeah, sauce is uh sauce is exciting. I think I think sauce is gonna be fun. I do. Thirteen past as we continue here on Sports Talk. It's, I, I will say this. It is fun to go get uh, to, to get everybody ready to go for these games, right? It's a good time. Yeah, I mean, in the midst of hockey playoffs, in the midst of NBA playoffs, baseball, uh, it, it, you know, is, is uh, in the middle of their season right now or starting their season. You're also looking at, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks going up against the Broncos on that first Monday night football game. I mean, it's just real interesting to see the whole rollout. And, you know, we, we have a lot of change when it comes to the NFL this year. Broadcasters have flipped uh, different networks and stuff like that. So a lot of excitement when it comes to football. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you. 13 past the hour as we continue on the show. 505-6009, our telephone number. That's 505-6009. We look at the national games. That's always fun, too, the national television schedule for uh, NFL this year. Uh, What do you want to see? You want to see Sunday night schedule or Monday night schedule? Let's do Sunday night. That's that's my favorites. All right. Here's Sunday night football. So here are your Sunday night football games, all right? Uh, Week one, we already know. Actually, uh, Bucks Cowboys, but they do have the Thursday night game, Bills Rams. Okay, okay, got you. On uh, that's the opener, um, six twenty that night. Week two, Bears Packers. Week three, Forty ers Broncos. Week four, Bucks hosting the Chiefs. That's the best game so far. I mean, out of those, uh, and I don't yep. really count that Thursday night game. I agree with you. Um, week five, Bengals at the Ravens. Week six. Cowboys at Philly. Week 7, Steelers at the Dolphins. Week 8, Packers-Bills in Buffalo. Nice, nice. Week 9, Titans-Chiefs in KC. Week 10, 49ers hosting the Chargers. Week 11, Bengals at Steelers. Week 12, Pats at Vikings. Week... uh, Oh, there's two twelve. Okay, so the, the that's the uh, Thursday night game. Pats Vikings is the last game on Thanksgiving. Then the Sunday night game will be Packers Eagles in Philly. They have Vikings Patriots on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving night. Wow, it's a Thanksgiving night game. Colts Cowboys in at AT and T week thirteen. Broncos hosting the Chiefs week fourteen. Pats at Raiders week fifteen. Bucks Cardinals week sixteen. Rams Chargers. Week 17. Did you notice something? No Jet games on Sunday night this year. Why? Why don't they put them on primetime television? I don't Don't get it. Don't know. 
What about the Monday night schedule? Can you read it real quick? Because that's Buck and Aikman. Is that, that's the excitement right there with ESPN. Oh, that's true. That is true. Let me get to that real quick. All right, Monday night schedule. Week one, Broncos, Seahawks. Week two, um, Titans, Bills. Week three, Cowboys, Giants. Week four, Rams, 49ers. No game yet for week five. Week six, Broncos, Chargers. Week seven, Bears, Patriots. Week eight, Bengals, Browns. Week nine, Ravens, Saints. Week 10, Eagles hosting the Commanders. Week 11, 49ers, Cards. Week 12, Steelers at the Colts. Week 13, Bucks hosting the Saints. Week 14, Pats, Cardinals in Glendale. Week 15, Rams at the Packers. Week 16, Colts and Chargers from Indy. Final game, Bills at the Bengals. No Jet games on Sunday or Monday night, everybody. Color rush, Thursday night game, Steve. That's that's what that's you got to hope one. for. That's the one it is. All right, we'll come back, wrap it up next with Hags. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso.